0: here at the intersection of art, activism, and social change, which in Chicago is a Six Corners. And uh, that was DJ Lady D, Clara Action's board president, laying down a little intro. And um, we're here on WCPT, 820 AM, Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio. We're also streaming live on the Facebook and WCPT.com and YouTube. And uh, you can get us in the very near future on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere else. You get your digital stuff. I'm Anthony Mosley, Collaborations artistic director, and we have a very special show, "Old Friends." Now we long all time
1: friends. Lo- yeah,
0: yeah. You guys have been friends for a long time too. You know. <laughs> we have. We have. Well, it's funny, Nick, because Sandra posted a photo. ...of uh, she and I from about, what, 25 years ago? Yes. Mm-hmm. And all the comments on the Facebook are, <laughs> Oh my gosh, Sandra, you look exactly the same as <laughs> you did back then. Oh, and the subtext... That's very kind. The subtext... Oh. Well, And you know, you look the same too, mister. You do, yeah, Nick. you too. Come on. You two have been... F- you guys are f- <laughs> sleeping in a vampires. ice chamber or something. Yeah. But me... I am um I am I'm I'm am i I'm a method actor and I'm currently playing the role oh yeah, show Nick of an artistic director. <laughs> oh, you still look the same man. I do, I do. My mom told me that I, I look in that photo Like a young, oh dear, (laughs) Jeff Bridges. To me, you look, you've always looked a little like Chevy Chase, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. Chevy Chase, Alec Baldwin, Jeff Bridges, the guy from Sex in the City. What's his name?
1: Oh, yeah, um, um, whatever his name is, Jeff Corbett, Uh, Jeff Corbett, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. well, let me tell you
0: something. If you see one of those cats walking in the airport or at some paparazzi hangout in L.A., do me a favor, go up to him and say, Hey, Alec Baldwin, did anybody ever tell you you look like Anthony Mosley? That would be good. <laughs> and take a video of that and send it to me. <laughs> oh, we're having fun here. Nick Tremulous is in the studio and... um. You know, this guy drips with music, coolness, rhythm, soul, heart. Um, you know, folks like us, we may not have a lot of money, but we are wealthy in artistic collaborations, yeah. partnerships. And, God, you're a. Brazilian, you're like the like the Mark Zuckerberg of musical. I uh, ain't that man. Please, don't yeah, call, don't me call me that. that. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, I, sorry, Steve Jobs. Oh, I mean, geez. I mean Gandhi. Oh, I met Gandhi. I okay, met Gandhi. that him I can take. He's all right. But you're what? What a um, amazing Chicago career that you have built.
2: Well, y- you know, it's it's all about. I think what an artist what an artist is supposed to be is not um star thriving. You know, you have to be part out there because you gotta make money for the people you work with the same way you do. You gotta fill seats. But you gotta be a secret weapon as well. Hmm. And I've balanced that secret I played on a lot of people's records, done horn arrangements for stuff and done, you know, forty film scores because I am that secret weapon, and that's part of being. I think Greeks are really good at being secret weapons, you know. <laughs> uh, and and I I I'm a fan of all the secret weapons out there, the Steve Gads, the James Jamersons from the Motown records, and everything else. The people you don't know about that make all that stuff move, right?
0: You know. Well, you know, it sure seems like there is a spot in the middle. You oh, know? Oh, yeah. Where being uh, too too uh, high in the sky, you get burned by the sun or you turn into a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, being too low, you know, you, 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 you can't see down the road too far.
2: There, There is definitely something in between. It's usually fueled with youthful anger, <laughs> you know, but it gets you there. Anger is a beautiful thing when you're an artist, as well as love and everything else, you know.
0: So I I started um and and Carla Stillwell is in here today uh Frack her cat um of the freaking Frack cat couple in the Stillwell household mm-hmm. is um is not doing well so let's send some some good vibes out and some purrs
1: yeah out to Frack <laughs> some meows. <laughs> meows. meows meow meow meow
0: our meow. daughter Stella does a great meow Nick, I bet you could do a good meow. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're each going to do a meow. And, Henry, you close your eyes, and you're going to say which meow is the best. And you're not going to know what order we go going, and you're definitely not going to know it's me. So who wants to go first? Meow. Meow.
2: I would say the first one was definitely the most like ominous, like encompassing. So I would, you know, I'm partial to that one. <laughs> That's because I'm terrified of all
0: cats. They're all nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but you, next meow didn't even sound like a cat. It sounded like a cat, like is like a jazz musician who hangs out. Exactly.
1: This is this
2: is the content <laughs> we want. Isn't that what a cat! I I, I guess I got get, the wrong get, kind you, of cat yeah. in
0: your description. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Um, speaking of cats, uh, you know, uh, you know, you look, um, you know, of course do a little research, um, before, um, these radio shows and kind of just look at stuff and all the various, uh, Versions of there's like 75 or 80 bios for Nick Nicholas Tremulous on the
2: internet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. It's kind of
0: crazy, isn't it, it? Yes, and Nick and I met, um, working on To Kill a Mockingbird. That's right, collaborations production in 2001, I think.
2: It very well could have been, yeah, or two. And no, it's um, 2001 because I was um, I wasn't drinking. That's when I quit drinking. So I remember that I was working and not drunk at the time, you know. And I remember it by that. Oh
0: yeah, I remember every minute of that. Well, and it was the one. It was the first um, one book one city, uh, where the Chicago Public Library picks a book and like everybody reads it. And yeah. Nick, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Sandra is on the board of directors of the Chicago Public Library.
2: I sure am.
0: And look, we you're so fancy us. now, both of you guys. Yeah, you fancy uh, people. We are li- we are library people. And um, I used to really go to the library like when I was having my first quarter life crisis in my early 20s, you know. It was like, yeah. And now our daughter is a, a bit of a library nerd.
2: That's great. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to one, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they got, right. they got drink water fountains. You should yeah, check it out sometime. Okay. <laughs> I've heard they're good. Yeah, um, but um, but but that was that that show was uh, a, uh, a big show in, in collaborations history and my personal growth as a young director. And Nick um, wrote the original score from it. And what was the name of the track? Oh wait, you also did a song for my film, and uh, I can't remember. It was what called it like be. something about getting home. Oh man, but I oh, just homeboy. Remember, I just remember the, the, the music the best way I could describe the music for To Kill a Mockingbird was like new stuff that you felt like you knew your whole life.
2: Well that isn't that what it always is when you write music is 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 the first thing you think who am I plagiarizing? Mm. Because it sounds so familiar and then you realize if you're plagiarizing anything, it's your soul, you know? And that's if you're, you know, not specifically plagiarizing, but you're being influenced by something from your youth. I've written Oh, Susanna so many times in my life, I can't believe it.
0: Oh, yeah. Because
2: as a kid, I played it on the harmonica, right? Mm Because you can play it on that. And then the words by Stephen Foster, which are amazing, the sun's so hot I froze to death, you know? That was that's that first sort of glimpse of Dylan esque writing, you know.
0: We Nick, used to sing that in fifth
2: grade. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Now that you bring up your childhood, I'm so curious as to what is your first musical memory.
2: Oh, uh, um, I've only been told this by my by my dad when he was still around. We were my parents wanted an adult. I didn't have too many kid things and. Uh, we They were coming back from a movie that they took me to, which was The Pawnbroker, and I apparently was humming Quincy Jones' score. Wow. <laughs> so that was the first thing. Now, at two and a half, they took me to see Thelonious Monk, you know.
1: Incredible. At
2: which point I broke away from them, ran to the front of the stage, and started spinning like Monk did. You know? <laughs> oh, I can't is remember it, that. Is this in Chicago? Uh Ravinia that was uh, Ravinia. Ravinia. Yeah. But right. they used to go to Mr. Kelly's. I mean, they were friends with Lenny Bruce. Wow. And and that whole bunch. They saw Marlon Brando do Streetcar on stage, you know. So, I mean, they were hipsters. You know, I was just this weird little midget that they turned into a freak, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's really it. You know, they, they wanted an adult. I swear, at least my dad did. He wanted somebody to stay up with him and watch Citizen Kane. And he would tell me why all the camera angles were revolutionary. And, and you know, play me jazz until I cried. <laughs> because it sounded so weird to me at first. And then he taught me every, um, every standard so I could understand what was happening. And, yeah, so my nursery rhymes were like Ellington, Thelonious Monk uh machito records because he loved latin music because he said the piano players were killer Mm. and so that was you know that was the beginning of all
0: that for me would you play us a little something so we could see how all that matured
2: you want something romantic or something whatever what do you want from me what do you want from me man
0: man i i i want you to play
2: i feel like i'll play this yes in these days of toil and strife where well you might as well pay to play Cause they're gonna grab it in way that's the way that it is today. What's the use in what I got when my life is a vacant lot? Loud above, tell me what to do. Find a man that I can stick it to. Jean vierre is a boa constrictor. It's a 25-year romance, but the grip of the tax collector took the stage where she used to dance. Now her life is a shutter doll, and she longs for the days before when her knife was sharp and true. Find a man that she can stick it to in the days of the ancient pharaohs, odds are you'd be hauling rocks. In the days of the pistoleros, odds are you'd be in a box. Because when life's got you by the stones and trouble sticking to your bones, honey, the best thing that you can do, find a man that you can stick it to. Ba-ba-ba-ba tat <laughs> from me a man who can ring my bell Rising up from the gates of hell a croupier with an easy tail and the charm of an Olsen Wells. Make him say what I wanna see and believe in what I wanna be. Then it's time for the fricassee when it sticks it to me. Aha. Uh-huh. Ba ba dee ba ba dee ba doo, ba ba tell you doo ba ba boom, ba ba dee ba ba dee ba ba doo, ba ba tell you doo boom. Web web
0: web 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 boom. Yes, there you go. <laughs> that was Nicholas Tremulous. We're here on WCPT twenty eight twenty AM, Collaboraction Radio, and. Um we're in with Sandra Delgado today, Maya. We own. sure are. First time we ever co-hosted From the show. From the Sandra
2: Delgado experience, That's
1: am right. I yeah? <laughs> That's
2: A right. great
0: musical group, by the way. We, we should well, do a show together, we don't We should think?
2: do a show together. Oh, my God, that would be... That would be hot. That,
0: we could tear Chicago a new one together, that would, that don't would, you think, that Anthony? Would be fun. I would th- I, th- I think so. I yeah. think so. And, you know, if you had a... Uh, you know, kind of a charming opening kind of uh, comedy act, maybe something <laughs> uh, a little off center and a little sweaty. Um, Nick, you got a show coming up. Yes, I do. At space. At the space. I love space, you know. Um, In Evanston. Yeah,
2: I was one of the first artists that ever played at space. Wow. And they had a different thing. They were trying the same things I was trying. I was doing subs- a subscriptionary one-year song a week thing thing called 52 Reasons. They were doing a subscriptory like thing for their their original idea was that and so we just hit it off me and craig craig has since bought the promontory promontory has bought thalia hall and is owns the salt shed now so he knows how to run a club and he gets the best booking agents they're just the best and best backstage So that's Wednesday night, uh, November the day before Thanksgiving. Pre trip to fan show, it's what we like to call it. You know, (laughs) it's before you get that turkey and you and want to lie in your face for the rest of the weekend, we'll be playing, right?
0: And that's like the historically the night when all the college kids come back to their hometown. It's true. And hoot it up with all their old high school. Friends, I bet they won't be at space on Wednesday, but they might. But we will be there. We will you be better there. Be. Yeah, man, I got. A, I've got a lot of good friends like you. Some. Dignitaries like yourself, and I just want to make sure I get it on the record that I'm allowed to kind of dance and hoot and holler and make a spectacle. You can, of you
2: can. This is, you know, this is. Uh, I've arg- I argued with them about that, you know. I, <laughs> um, just basically, I know you got seats and all that, but I, I make music for the bottom end as much as the top, you know.
0: <laughs> we we saw maybe more so, right? Mm-hmm. We saw Cahill Elzebar there, beautiful, and uh, we were up. On the side of the room, like along the wall. We were doing the wall.
2: (laughs) He's my partner. I will not make a record without Cahill on it, and he feels the same way about me,
0: you know? Well, you're both super freaks, touched by some alien force. (laughs) I don't know what, how it happened. I don't know why you're not giving me any of the good stuff. But it it has, it has, it has. I have caught a little, a little secondhand alien talent. Oh yeah, yeah. Well,
2: no, man. I mean that's the way it's got to be, right? It is. It is. People don't. You know, you can teach a lot of people stuff, but uh, we have to respect the striking of lightning in our business. Mm -hmm. Some people get struck. And we can learn from those people.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. But there's talent, mm-hmm. and then there's masters. Yeah, and you get to a point where someone um, uh, like you and Cahill, uh, you know, it's like it, you just you touch the thing, and it kind of sounds like it's meant to be touched. We you can know?
2: we can do that. Cahill and I have our our, our biggest um, comparison that we can make of each other is we were both dyslexic. And that kind of kind of gears ourselves to making our ears super big and our vision super lousy in a way, <laughs> you know, like because we always mess up letters and stuff. Like I gotta, I got if I write something, and I love to write. Um, I have to check it about 22 times, you know, because I, I switch things around all the time. And he's that way with numbers. And we both know that about each other. What? I'm
1: so fascinated by process. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we have a lot of artists that listen to the radio show. And I'm just wondering, like, what have you noticed about your process perhaps changing over the years? Like, what 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 have you learned Um about yourself as you're creating stuff. Well, What's become easier? What's become harder?
2: Um, you know, I always like to make it harder. I'm weird that way. Mm-hmm. Um, once I feel like I've mastered a certain way of writing, um, I throw it away. And I start another way. Um, it's really just, there's two things. Um, Part of it is just that, you know, my friend Peter Himmelman is a great songwriter, and he teaches creativity to like corporate people sometimes he comes Mm -hmm. in. And he says that there's a little voice inside us that's always judging us. And he says, let's call him Norm. (laughs) And he says, the first thing you got to do is kill Norm. You know, you really got to just get what's in you out of you first. You know whether it's cliched or whatever, but starting to learn to your inner voice that's going on. And the other thing is, you just gotta you you've got to be able to accept and love loneliness. Mm. You know, you have to really do that. It's not a party to write a song or write a book or write a play. It's no party. It's it's you alone with yourself. The other thing is the word innovation is about the big part of that word is in. If you, if you go in, keep going in. Go deeper and deeper. And if you can harness that thing way inside of yourself and put it to lyric, for example, everyone's going to feel like you wrote it for them. Oh, wow. So we try to say the things we can't say. Uh, photographers should try to photograph the things that people will never see, moments they'll never see. And... Um, that's it, you know, is to give a voice to something that we can't put into words. The beat poets used to call it writing the unwritable.
0: You remind me of something uh, our friend Dr. Marcus Robinson shared um, about the meaning of the word into me, uh, intimacy. Into me, you see. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's pretty good
0: i like that Um, which is also you know like you said about innovation and it's so important to to not just go inside but to forgive yourself while you're there and fall in love with who you've become there'll never be a a better you than you right now and i do think we spend a lot of time beating ourselves up um in this world especially young people and comparing ourselves to other people
2: oh sure um but I got to tell you, if you're going to beat yourself up, write about beating yourself up. Get something you know, out of it. I mean, <laughs> I, mean you, I have plenty of regrets, and they make it into my songs. And I understand them from that. And that's why we write bridges and songs, so that we can rise a little further above ourselves and explain it
0: to the world. You talk, know, t- uh, Talk to us a little bit about the power of music as an agent of social change
2: there are times when it's more obvious um, because of certain catalysts Uh, I'm talking about the late 60s where it was very focused Mm -hmm. where every rock band playing was trying to write a love supreme by John Coltrane you can hear it in whipping post you can hear it in so many songs they're all trying to catch that same fire um having said that we are a pop culture society and pop culture was more focused and a bit more interestingly focused at the time. It is much harder now, especially for music to affect social change to some extent, but comedians do it really well. Film does it really well. Um, And we can still, we still try to do that. Um, I think now in music, because our persona is so much a part of our sale anymore, we don't just listen with our eyes closed anymore. We're always looking, and we have to kind of live it, you know? If I want to tell people that we should all get along, I should have a group that looks like it all gets along, you know? Um, I dress to confound. (laughs) I'm braiding my beard tomorrow. I don't want anybody to know who I am or where I'm from because I don't believe I'm from or who I am. I don't believe I am anyone, and I don't believe anyone's anyone. You know, I'm a Sun Ra type. When you were talking about the alien, I totally understood why Sun Ra said he was from Mars because he couldn't possibly be from this Earth, you know. But I just to confound, I... I I speak to confound, <laughs> you know. I ain't got the answers, but I can sure mess you up good, and I love that about myself, you know.
0: Teach us a little bit about about Curtis Mayfield. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> well, first Professor off, Professor Nick. First off, you got to
2: talk about the impressions. People get ready. There's a train coming. I'm a fool for you, which you should hear because it's the craziest six eight time signature you've ever heard on a song. Um, I was lucky as a kid because my cousin was doing session work at his label, Kurtom, for artists that he would bring in, singers and stuff like that. So my parents had willed me to my cousin because I'd become too much, just too much. And so I, I can remember I probably had just gotten out of a very long court case and went to the Audi home, which was a place for Troubled boys, for but I was only there for a week. It was kind of a scared straight thing, which was probably only done to Whitey. Um, but at any rate, I went to go stay with my cousin Dino and um, went to a session. Dino. And and um, Curtis was in the control room, and I walked in and, of course, was in awe of Curtis because my, my old man used to take me to... Th- um, movies at the Woods, and I, and because my cousin was doing session work for Curtis, we had seen Superfly, and so I thought, "Wow, you know," because at the time too, you never thought anybody famous lived in Chicago. Nothing famous could possibly happen here, you know, <laughs> except maybe you know Hershey's Candies or something. But in a- and that's not even from here. But at any rate, so I go into the session with him, and I'm just starting to play guitar, and so Curtis says, "Who's this?" And he goes, this is uh, my nephew, Nicky, you know, and uh, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, do you play an instrument, young man? And I go, I play guitar a little bit. You know, I'm like, oh. he goes, why don't you go pick up my guitar over there and play a little. Now, wow. Curtis tuned his guitar to the chords of his songs. He was very unorthodox in that way. He would just hear a chord he liked, would tune it, and bar that chord, you know. So here I was playing my little cowboy chords and bar chords trying to sound good. And he said, well, that doesn't sound right. You know, it's messing with me. And so finally I went like this, and I, stra- la- I, I, and I looked up at him, and he said, and he was laughing, and he said, I tune it my own special way. So then I grabbed the guitar after he said that, and I played the opening chords to the Pusher Man from that soundtrack. Wow. And he grabbed me and showed me to the room and said, this is my little N right here. And I had never been called that yet. And and my cousin said, that means he likes you. <laughs> but you can't say enough about that, that um, that unbelievable band lucky scott on bass master henry gibson on percussion that mashup of all the neighborhoods in chicago coming at you like a freight train i mean he's still my you know he's still my guide in a lot of ways
0: right and and um what about the staples
2: oh well you can't you know i mean i know a lot of cats that recorded up at their studio at 103rd street um, meeting Mavis was great. Having her on a wall show, which you saw actually, was great. Having her call me daddy in the middle of the song was strange <laughs> because I wasn't hers, but you know, she's she used to doing that. But she, I, I had done a, a benefit with her before that and. She bought everyone in the bar a beer. And I just thought that was, this is the coolest lady I ever met, you Mm -hmm. know. And I can remember as a little kid watching her on Sullivan and and all those, because I'm such an old guy, but, and me and my mom, who was a blues singer, waiting for Mavis to explode. And she would do that, oh, oh, thing, you know, (laughs) we'd we'd just fall out every time. So she was great, you know, um, Soul Train, being in Chicago first, black and white on UHF. Seeing that, um, which got me, which is so funny because Kurt Farquhar did the film score score work to a TV show called Sold American, which was Don Cornelius' story. And he said, listen, I've got from 1967 to 1972, and I need somebody to play Chicago guitar, and you're just going to be the guy that plays on this this whole bunch of first episodes. So I'm the guitar on all his, you know, because he knows I know that stuff, you know, because I worshipped it.
0: Uh, our friend uh, June Moon uh, was the drummer for the Staple Singers. All right, and uh, his fiance is Leanne Trotter of NBC Chicago. Isn't that something? And Leanne is the one that first uh, brought collaboration into the missing trial transcript of the state of Mississippi. Isn't that something? Versus the 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 guys who killed, kidnapped, tortured, and killed, lied about it. And um, it's a disgusting story, but what a bold mother. Yeah. Know? And yeah.
2: speaking of Kahil El's bar, as a kid, he was yes. told to shovel the walk next door of this older lady. And it was Emmett Till's mom. Wow. He shoveled that kid's walk yeah. every, every winter. Yeah. You know, because Emmett wasn't there.
0: <sighs> she was, um, you yeah, know, we, nice. we, wow. we, we won our second Emmy Award last week for uh, working with NBC on the lost story of Emmett Till. Uh, Willie Round and Gary Mills adapted the missing trial transcript, and uh, i co directed it with Dana Anderson. We shot it in one day at n b c and now it 's on the peacock and we also have a play and uh you know as i as I really got to go deep and and really learn about you know mamie's journey mm. you know she may be more than any American changed the direction of our of our country and our world. And everybody says, oh, she was so courageous. You know, she was so brave. She was so strong. She was a genius. She understood the power of media. In the worst times of her life, she was able to somehow command a strategy that saved us all. Yeah. From a from a different multiverse in which we are a hundred years behind.
2: Oh and, man, uh, and maybe always will be. That's what drives me crazy about the human experience. You know, we need such tragedy to change things. Well, and then some things don't seem like a tragedy, like a bunch of kids getting shot at Sandy Hook. Yeah, you know? I don't get what which tragedy is supposed to be more important. But again, maybe a more focused time at that time. Everybody's got a kid.
0: Well, and it's just.
2: And, do we have to parade the dead bodies of the Sandy Hook kids? Mm. You know, put them on the cover of a magazine, a Life magazine, to make people change? I don't want to do that.
0: Well, and, we, and here in Chicago, we have a, a you know a 400 year slow dripping genocide. You know, we sure. have a, we have a mass shooting every weekend in Chicago. I know, I know. and um, and yet Chicago's not per capita not nearly as violent as a lot of our neighboring cities i think so and, um,
2: and i'm a train I'll, rider and i love it you know mm-hmm. i do it all times at night and,
0: and 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 look at all the great art that has come out of out of the city yeah very much correlated to, to the oppression oh yeah it's it's you know it's we're we're we're, we're such an american city and and i do believe in many ways, the 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 country teeters and favors the direction of Chicago. Um, what's happening in Chicago happens throughout the Midwest. Um, you know, New York and L.A. and Miami and San Francisco. There are major outliers, but the heart of the people and the families and the working class. Um, and I I. Um, I, f- I think that's why, you know, we're, we're so the three of us are all you still know, here. As, as our friend Tony <laughs> Fitzpatrick said, Chicago gets in your bones and ruins you for any other city. It really does. So, Henry, if you're going to you, if you're not going to stay here until you're, you know, 600 months old or so, you better get out tomorrow.
1: <laughs> but you might come back. Yeah. Might, yeah, I always come back. <laughs> Thank God!
0: Mm. Here we're here live uh, on WCPT eight twenty a.m. Uh, if you are uh, driving in your car or fiddling with something in your basement, you can call in and join the conversation here. As long as it's not a dead body. 773 You know nine two seven eight. Go ahead and call in seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. By the way, our friend Flaco Navaja. Has a show tonight with his band, the Razor Blades.
1: You met Flacco at Utopian Ball. Mm
0: -hmm. Why I gotta play tonight? They, they, uh, uh, he's every other uh, uh, Saturday at Brothers. It's called on Pulaski. So maybe we'll go surprise him. He's he's a wonderful. Uh, Frontman and uh, super talented poet. He was on the Deaf Poetry Jam. Oh, okay. His story is that he was on here two weeks ago with the the amazing Melissa Dupre of the Humboldt Park Duprees, <laughs> and uh, who was the MC of our gala, the Utopian Ball, Clara Actions Gala last Saturday. It Went really well. Thank you for asking, Henry. We uh, we we ended up raising two hundred thousand dollars.
2: I watched it happen before my eyes. It was wild. We, we went, went from, <laughs> <laughs> well, we we went went from to two hundred. I was just like,
0: "Wow!"
1: And we're gonna we're gonna stretch that money. That money. We're gonna make that money go a long yeah, way. Yeah, we we have a big announcement. We're, we're
0: meeting with an older person that, uh on Tuesday, and then hopefully, uh, ink and a lease. That's and, nice. Uh, and we'll be making an announcement about a, a new. Brick and Mortar. Where I will be working
2: at. Yes. I'm coming.
1: Nick, may we hear another song?
2: You want to? Hell Uh, yeah. Yeah. You want? uh, Yeah, I'm going to play something romantic. Oh, okay. So if you don't mind, I'm going to look at Anthony while we do this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the jealous type.
2: No, it's just something for you lovers out there.
1: (laughs) ¶¶
2: As I look back on all the years It seems that troubles followed us from town to town Mile for mile It's been like this for many days As if the candles of our love have burned away Once there was passion's flame Now there is only bitter tears A faded flower turning gray So tell me lies Tell me that you are my beautiful one And that when I am away You nearly die One thousand tears Tell me lies And I'll be your perfect slave You know it wouldn't be so hard To tell me little lies Maybe we'll believe again
1: Hmm.
2: It wasn't one thing that was said couldn't say have disappeared lost by the hands of time the take can never give sometimes when you are fast asleep i sit and watch you and i can't believe how beautiful you are But I am so damn tired And I am so afraid To wake you up And find that you don't even care So tell me lies with truths when love was only a child you would rush into my arms and I would never let you go (laughs) tell me lies well even only for one day You know it wouldn't be so hard To tell me little lies Maybe we'll believe again You know it wouldn't be so hard To tell me little lies Maybe we'll believe again
1: poet oh my goodness that's one of my favorites it's nice i played
2: it for you guys because i played it for you before i love that you know i played their wedding folks (laughs) i played at your wedding i don't remember what i played but i played wow
0: there's
1: video of that somewhere yeah
0: I, I also re- recall fondly all the sketchbooks that you played with us. Oh, man, yeah. You know, we'd have some house music DJ one night, and then we'd have some some opera, acapella opera group, and some rock band. And then and then Nick would come, and he would kind of like sneak out into the corners, and <laughs> the. The show well, end. yeah,
2: I didn't want to be on a microphone, so I'd serenade. I'd walk up and down the thing. Yeah, it was a yes, lot of fun. Yeah. it was you
1: and your guitar. Yeah. And uh, what can folks expect on Wednesday at Space? It's not well, going to be just you and your guitar. Which no, is it's going to be
2: me and twelve of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it's a it's a big beautiful group called the Pro- uh, Nicholas Tremulous and the Prodigals, and um, it's just you know this unbelievable. Um, you know, the one good thing about sticking around is that you meet all these great musicians yeah. and then you meet the secret weapons, which is what I kind of talked about. And, and, and this is a bunch of secret weapons all playing together. You know, it's that kind of thing where let's put it this way. We rehearse once.
0: I was just thinking, like, wow. do you guys even need to rehearse?
2: We rehearse once. We look at each other and we rehearse once, and and we just know it. And um, hopefully, we'll sound good <laughs> now. I've maybe jinxed everything. <laughs> well, we but, had
1: the pleasure of hearing you at the at the park. It was like this Jefferson amazing, park. yeah, that, yeah m-
2: That's Lionel Rab, the guy that um, does the Etchegaray Arts Center, and we've been talking about doing a, a free show once a year because of that. You know, because it went really well. And it was fun for people. It was
1: magical. Yeah.
2: Plus, he's got that crazy sculpture.
0: How cool is it that um, that you got to hang out with Ed Paschke? You know what? It's
2: so funny because there was Ed Paschke. Um, there was Wesley Kimmler. And there was Tony Fitzpatrick. And there was Kerry James Marshall. Mm. And I was playing for those guys because I played their opening. And... Um, I got to tell you, the two, every one of those guys is really interesting, but the two nicest were Ed Ed Patchkey and Carrie James. And I just went, these are normal guys. What's going on here? Only because Wesley is so beautifully eccentric. And Tony is like, you know a mob hitman that became an artist you know i mean it's just like you know you feel like you're being in, you're potentially about to get beat up at the same time he's being really nice to you you know but um
0: and ed, yeah ed was just such a chill nice guy oh yeah. for someone whose artwork was was super freakishly yeah wonderful and bizarre and just like he was uh also touched by the aliens, oh you know for it's so, sure. it's so
2: weird when you look at those paintings now, but I feel like um that well we we internet folk are so spoiled with color now, yeah, you know, mm. you can't imagine what it was like to walk up to an Ed Patchkey painting back in the day and go, what is happening to my eyes <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> uh, you know yeah, the, vib- because, the vibration I was color. Just, uh, you know, yeah, so. Um, and that still happens to me because I'm I'm an innocent child when it comes to art, and I like to be, you know, always walk up, approach things with wonder, like oh, Socrates. Okay,
0: right? we're gonna, we're going to do something fun here. We're going to do a, a a rapid rapid response. Sandra and I are going to lob questions at you in rapid fire, ah. back and forth, Uh-oh. and uh, just say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, okay. Favorite. Italian beef in Chicago <laughs> I like uh, you know what Romas where's that where's yeah, Romas? Where is Romas is that like Adams Cicero Cicero
1: ooh 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 what is your favorite song to play right now
2: um the one that's always given me the most trouble mm. that's the best way to put it some of the new stuff I'm starting on a new record and we're gonna do two of them that night one I can't say the title of because it's not FCC happening. (laughs) And then the other is called Sweet Chariot. So it's always the ones that, you know, you just wrote and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's got to be.
0: Spider-Man or Batman. Batman. You know, I'm
2: going to go with Spider Man because he's more of a smart Alec, and I'm just so tired of the Batman at this point. <laughs> These brooding guys that that are you know have more money than God, you know, <laughs> brooding and, guys with butlers going out with with supermodels, and their life is so tortured, and, you know. I'm and it was sorry. all the car and the suit, and you yeah, know I mean? yeah. I'm just done with all that at this point.
1: Ooh, I want to hear about the last good hug you had. Memorable hug.
0: Oh. <sighs> uh, God, there have been so many good ones. Nick's a hugger. We're huggers, too. Yeah. It's a tribe. It's going to be good.
2: I'll tell you what. I made a video from my piano album. Mm hmm. And. In the middle of it, I hug my family. Mm. Um, what's the name? It's called "Rain for Jane." Is the song? Uh, I cut it during the pandemic, and it's the last time I hug my son. Mm. That's my hug. Mm. Apple pie or vanilla ice cream? Well, I'm gonna go with the pie.
1: <laughs> ooh, ooh, oh man! Uh, 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 uh silk or denim?
2: Silk, <laughs> silk, <laughs> always silk. I haven't worn a pair of jeans in
0: five years. <laughs> I don't believe in blue jeans, you know? I, think, I feel like jeans have gone out of style. Everybody finally realized that they're not really comfortable. Well, right now I'm wearing... I'm, Are you
2: wearing jeans, Henry? No, okay. I, I'm wearing
0: Taiwanese
2: fishing pants right now, and they're very comfortable. Those Taiwanese fishermen know how to, how to have a nice time downstairs, you know?
0: <laughs> the Beatles or the Rolling Stones?
2: Oh, the Beatles. You know, I mean, I, I, I play with Keith Richards, and we're friends, Ooh. and Ronnie Wood and I are buddies, and we've all jammed, and we've recorded together. And, um, but, um, if this generation, if Justin Bieber, let's go a little bit earlier. Decided that he was going to teach you all about music for the next eight years, including Indian music, including Jimi Hendrix, including steer you to Bob Dylan, including all these things, including break the color lines in the South. You know, um, if a pop artist did that right now, I would I would follow them. I would drink their bathwater. You know,
0: that that mm. um, Beatles. Um studio uh, series that Peter Jackson put together that came out during the pandemic. It, you learn a lot, almost too much. Oh, yeah. See,
1: I loved it because I said I love process. I got so into it.
2: Well, well the, the weird thing about it is is that you realize that on pure musicianship, Paul McCartney was knocking him down like bowling pins at that
0: point. He's so much more talented musically. Well, and and just uh, his—I mean, he bringing his dreams into the studio. Yeah, you know, I mean, the guy was fishing inside. And filleting it in. The you
2: in. you will notice though, and I will tell you this: they get good at that record when they decide to go away from the cameras. Yeah, yeah. And so that's really what the, they needed to be on their own for a minute. Also interesting that the guy who's directing, who's talking like this the yeah, whole time, yeah, yeah, that's Orson Welles' illegitimate son. Oh wow! <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> wow. No. Yeah.
0: And the director of that film did the. It ended up being Peter Jackson, but originally that's him. Who I'm talking about. Oh, and he did the Rolling Stones um, oh, no, 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 live no. album.
2: No. Right? No. Another question. You're talking about the producer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. Glenn Johns, the guy who kept wearing coats that you want to punch in the face. So, afterwards. so I don't, I, you know. Oh, I, that I, guy,
1: I, awful.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think of The Grateful Dead? I've tried so
0: hard. Have you seen them live? No.
2: Maybe I should have done that. You know, I've tried really hard to like the Grateful Dead and I'm sure one day I will.
1: Or not. But or not, but it's just never
2: that you know what, I had friends that liked but I will say this, I had friends that liked the band Rush when I was a kid <laughs> and I will never like that bucket of slop i'm oh, sorry d- man that stuff just i get angry just think i when i was in high school i would see a bang uh, uh, a binder with 2112 on it and i'd be walking by i would kick that binder out of every kid's <laughs> arms i just could
0: not handle that but yeah i, I can't I, I know this i mean i'm a deadhead and and, and, and a lot of people i love and respect uh you know just it can't go there and most of them, almost all of them, never. You, the, the, it's the live show is the thing, you know. Oh, yeah, of and course. There, there have been, the been a couple of things
2: I like, but I, I'm all about the rhythm section, and I don't like their drummer. I just don't Drummers. like their drummer. He just does not get me wiggling at all, and but, it's all about the
0: drummer to me.
1: Yes, yeah. The drummer, yeah,
0: Mickey Hart is his name. Well, or something. Yeah, Mickey. Well, Mickey Hart does like the global percussion. Yeah, and then Cruttsman uh, is. They have two. Yeah, what globe? Come on, I'm <laughs> not. <Sorry.
1: laughs> <laughs> like Day a or golden night.
2: global p- percussion. Now, I'm not. Don't get me started on them. It's too. I'll be brutal. I
0: I I I I, I figured it would be interesting. If you're liking you know, if watching me else.
2: be brutal about this, I could see that your horns. growing I, just, I knew.
0: Were, I I figured you weren't going to be a Grateful Dead fan, but but um, but i oh, That's a hill I'll I'll die on. um <laughs> Well thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh man, I had a blast. (laughs) An hour goes fast when you're hanging out, huh? Right. Um, Wednesday, November twenty second, join us at the space in Evanston. Right. For um, which will be a, a great way to start off your Thanksgiving. With this uh, Chicago music legend and Nicholas
1: Tremulous Orchestra.
0: Well No, it's the no it's the, it's Nicholas Tremulous and the, and the Prodigals. prodigals. Now
2: I should go back yes. to Orchestra. There's an Irish band called the Prodigals. They're really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "You got a big Greek name in front of it. Relax, you know." Right.
0: And then, and then, uh, Sandra Delgado Experience at Epiphany Center for the Arts, December eighth. That's, That's
2: right. I'll be there. Here, a little Chicago history, since we always do that. Um, this is where Fred Hampton's service was at the Epiphany. Really? Oh, wow! Yeah. And Kahil El-Zabar, we bring him up again, mm-hmm. was one a nineteen-year-old African drummer at the time who played his mm. his
0: ceremony. Wow! And he was killed not too far from uh, Epiphany, actually, yep. when um, sleeping. Goes, wow!
1: On, thank you for uh, sharing that.
0: Police um, shot up his home and killed him. Murdered him. Murdered him in, 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 in the middle of the, the night. Ugh. Um, what would have been a, uh, a. I mean, the impact that Hampton had on our country, um, you know, shortly after Mamie Till. Yeah. And, and his life um, cut too short. Did you know that Mamie was invited to speak at the. Um, in D.C.? at that million man march that Dr. King gave That's his crazy. dream speech and Mamie's mother felt like she was getting overexposed and it was too much on Mamie so she her never publicist. she never told her
1: yeah her mom wow. never told her that she was about invited. the invitation
0: and um and 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 and, and that and in many ways like th- had she gone there th- you know that that would have um propelled her you know, pe- people didn't really know about Mamie Till for a long time. And actually, it was in the 80s that um, NBC did a special on, on the story of Emmett Till. But that's why it took so long for um, that's amazing for them to get a, a Medal of Honor. And Mamie's now um, on a U.S. postage stamp.
2: Amazing. Do you want to be on a postage stamp one day?
0: No. No. Okay. I just no. thought I'd ask. <laughs>
2: No. Do you? Only if you're on it with me.
1: Aw, buddies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Um, This is Collaboration Radio. We're sponsored by AV Chicago, uh, Chicago's leading provider of AV production and event management services. Collaboration is a 27 year old nonprofit. Our mission is to build knowledge, empathy, dialogue, and action. And uh, check us out at Collaboration.org or become a member for as little as a dollar a month and get access and insights to all kinds of good stuff. We will be here. Um, we have a special Thanksgiving show next week where we're going to be talking about colonizers. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, we're, we've been on air for six months now, Henry. Isn't that wild?
1: That's amazing. Yeah,
0: so we have lots of great shows. Go check them out at Spotify and have a nice Thanksgiving week. Thank you, Nick and Sandra.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Yeah.
0: Happy to be here anytime, man.